Live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Start things out by going straight to the phone calls. That is what the show is about. Let's talk to Ziggy in the U.K. on the amp line. Hello, Ziggy. Hi, guys. Okay, I have a question for you. Do you think the U.S. should be sending a team to the Beijing Olympics? <sighs> like a, a competitive team. Uh, I have no idea. What do you think? Well, I don't think Britain should be sending a team. I don't have a problem with trading with China because I think eventually that will empower the people there. Mm-hmm. Um, however, sending a team is endorsing uh, the, the tyranny in China, I feel. Um, you know, China does have slave labor, and, and there has been rumors that some of the Olympic facilities were built by using that. Well, now, the so does the U.S. I mean, the U.S. has slave labor, prison camps. I mean, is that what you're calling slave labor? Yeah. Oh, that's we have it, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine was in prison in South Carolina. I went to visit him twice, and uh, he worked in the plastics extruding plant. He made uh, lawn chairs and got paid for it. I, I, yeah, but these people aren't paid for it. Um, not, 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 not in China. Okay, when I, and when I mean, I, also I mean, the, the fact that they have political political prisoners as all right. well. I know that you probably have that in the U.S. as well. Well, I don't know um, about... I, don't, I, I, I suppose we have a few political prisoners. They're certainly not played up very much. I don't know anything about it, but... Yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe it's not slave labor, because they aren't forced to work there, right, Mark? Uh, they aren't forced to, forced to work at that job. However, they are forced to work. Are they? Every convict in prison has to, um, in, at least in the state of Florida, I can tell you for sure, has to work. Well, then that is at slavery. The, at, the, at the prison I was in, um, there were seven out of more, uh, you know, 1,100, 1,200 individuals at the prison. There were seven that were paid. I was paid $75 a month. Well, just okay. So just, just because you get paid doesn't mean it's not slavery because the slaves got a place to stay and they got food. I mean, so if you're getting something but you're not doing something you want to do or you did not volunteer into it, then it, then that to me, that's slavery. Well, that's what people consider um, you know, prison to be, hard labor. Um, also, let's not forget that China does occupy another country, Tibet. Um, well, the United States government occupies over 130 countries. I'm sure you can find some people in Mongolia that uh, that, that say that they're occupying them, too. Well, sure, but uh, China did actually invade Tibet, I forgot, in the 50s at some point. And they have been putting down, recently have been putting down uh, human rights demonstrations there. And let us not also forget Timuran Square, those... You know, um, television pictures are still fresh in my mind. Well, I don't want to make it sound like I'm defending China or anything. Uh, clearly, they're an awful. It's an awful government over there, and there's no doubt about that. But I don't know. It's the Olympics. No one watches anyway. It doesn't really seem to be much of an issue. Right. I don't think the United States should have an Olympics team. Um, I don't see any. I don't see that as a. Uh, Is it a government program? It, it has to be. Right? It has to be. Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the other, I mean, there are some libertarians who do object to, here, who do object to sending a British team. Though most of, the, most of the money does come from lottery funds, the government does put in money, and that is, that is an objection. Plus, I do agree. I do think that, you know, I, I, I don't like this sending national teams to places. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't even like it when it comes to soccer. Especially when it comes to soccer, because it encourages, it encourages, you know, nationalism encourages hatred. 
Yeah, I'm Don't with you there. I, I can't stand the idea of nationalism, and it's disgusting and despicable. And I think you're right about that, this uh, concept of national teams. But interesting points. Again, I'm glad you brought it up tonight. Thank you for the call, sir. Right, we appreciate it. Right, and even if it's supported by lottery funds, uh, you know, that makes it sound a little better. But the fact is the lottery is a monopoly that the government has on gambling. Uh, you know, that's what At run- least on lotteries, yeah. That's what running numbers used to be. Mm-hmm. And now the government runs the numbers. And... I, as far as I'm concerned, it is not a legitimate role of the government. If Walmart wants to sponsor the USA Walmart team, yeah, fine. Let's sp- send them to the Olympics. If you know, if uh, Kmart hears that that Walmart's doing that and says, "Oh no," and they want to put in a team, fine. I you know, none of this matters to me. However, I don't think that my tax dollars should be going to, uh, you know, to, to fund this. And you can hear yeah. out there that there are people that disagree that we shouldn't be sending an Olympic team to uh, China. Should their tax dollars be going to this? Mine, I just say it's an illegitimate form of, uh, you know, role of the government. Right. Um, theirs, they disagree with this. They think it's wrong. Should someone's tax dollars be used for something that they consider wrong? I, I say don't. no. I say no. Uh, also, you know, government has been involved with sports, seems to be getting more and more involved with sports in America. Uh, if you look, for instance, there have been so many examples of government, local governments, teaming up with very, very wealthy baseball team owners to build stadiums using taxpayer funds. Right. That's and a despicable combination. You know, we're told, what, what, what you'll hear is, it's good for the whole community. But how is it? How is it good for me? If I live in Tampa, Florida, and uh, you know my tax dollars are going to support the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm-hmm. building a stadium or the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, which actually they're not in Tampa, they're in St. Petersburg. But um, you know, regardless, if, if they're going for this, how do I benefit? Tell me how I benefit. It seems to me that it's the owner of the team that benefits in that they get a subsidy for their stadium and they rake in all the profits well, from the, the games. They certainly they they certainly benefit greatly and they what they're doing I, makes perfectly good sense to me. Th- what they're doing is they're playing different communities off of each other and saying which one who's going to give me the best deal. Mm-hmm. Th- to me that's capitalism and that's fine. But it's you know th- there's businesses around the stadium that do quite well. Absolutely. But what what if I own a hamburger shop across town? Wait a minute. It's not capitalism to go in and make a deal with government. That's cronyism. Well, I, I can see why they're why they, I wouldn't personally do it. I would not make that deal. But then I wouldn't be able to compete because everybody else is doing it. Do you understand? Oh, I understand that, and I just think it's disgusting, and and that needs to stop. I mean, if if these baseball owners or football team owners want to make the big money that they can make off of having these national franchises, they've got the money, they can build their own damn stadium. And, it's and, just that they know they can get a subsidy. And those franchises are monopolies uh, because they are, you know, they're, they're protected by the, by the government. That's, That's not why, true. They're not monopolies. You could start up another football league if you wanted to. A league, you could. But um, they are considered, you know, they wanted some kind of protection from the government. That's why they're dragging these baseball players in there to uh, testify in front of Congress. Because they can. There's no reason for baseball players, you know, for the Major League Baseball to be in front of Congress if they are not receiving government protection, and they are. I can't tell you exactly. I haven't delved into it too mm. deeply because I consider sports to be a, you know, uh, this this sort of tribal thing yeah. that, that separates people and not bring them together. I agree with you there. Let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up anything. Talk to Kevin in Florida listening on WFTL. Hello, Kevin. Uh, hey, guys. How are you? Hey, great. Good What's on your mind tonight? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. You, know, you know, I've got to applaud any time that uh, truth... Um, body slams, propaganda, and 
incident that I just, you know, thought it was perfectly um, suited for that uh, is when Condoleezza Rice refused to uh, get on the bandwagon and criticize Reverend Wright uh, a few days back. And instead, she uh, went on to say what I said was a brilliant explanation of the impact today from slavery. And she called it a birth defect. Um, you know, I don't agree with hmm. her often. I'm a Democrat, but uh, I, 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 that was absolutely What does that mean, a birth defect? She called it a birth defect. I don't understand what that means. Can you explain? Oh, well, it's speaking to the issue that um, even though a lot of people like to refer, refer to slavery as something that happened back in the day, and therefore it has no impact on today, um, she's saying that as with the birth defect, it was there from the founding of our country, and it continues as a birth defect, which continues throughout your life um, to today. And so there's an impact. She's saying there's an impact from slavery, and the conservatives try and dismiss that. That's the whole attack on this affirmative action, because because it ended on paper, which I agree it did, Somehow that ended in the minds of people. Um, you know, in 70 years, 300 years of programming ended in 70 years. It, it's, it's, it, you know, it's absolutely absurd from a psychological point of view. Well, I, 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 don't, th- I don't know that I necessarily um, am, am all entirely on board. Yes, slavery was bad. It shouldn't have happened. However, I think that um, to some extent what you're seeing today is uh, backlash racism against racism against racism. Um, there, there, are people, there are white people in America that don't like black people because they are black. That's true. There are black people in America that are very, very upset with that. And then they, you know, so they speak out and that kind of thing. And then there's a great deal of white Americans that say, look, black Americans shouldn't get anything special or different. I never owned any slaves. I've never done anything bad to a black person. Okay, that's the point that never gets addressed. Kevin, I want you to to give you a chance to address it. Hang on. We're going to bring you back, Kevin. I want to give you time uh, because we don't have much right now. More with Kevin here in moments, 800-259-9231. You can take control and bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, the live Saturday edition. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version. Both are free for you. So enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. Are you looking for an intellectual challenge this summer? Join students from around the world at a free summer seminar sponsored by the Institute for Humane Studies. Hear lectures from the top faculty and discuss ideas of liberty and their current applications. Get more information at libertarianseminars.com. That's libertarianseminars.com. All right, let's bring uh, Kevin back on the line, listening on WFTL in Florida. You brought up some uh, quote from one of the politicians in Washington. Uh, yeah, about slavery and how it is a birth defect. And if you could just recap that concept so we can get back into the conversation. What does that exactly mean to you? Oh, okay. Um, first of all, uh, you know, because uh, usually the, the blacks that hold the position that I hold are somehow, um, by the conservatives particularly, are pictured or portrayed as being victims, feel themselves as being victims. And, and, and then that, that, that becomes comes to define the overall issue of why blacks and whites why there's such a gap between where where we are in terms of enjoying the American dream? That, that at the end of the day, that's really what the question is, and you cannot address that question without factoring in this birth defect that Condoleezza Rice spoke of, because you're talking about more than 300 years where that was the ability to accumulate wealth, pass on estates, even a, a family history of formal education, and and now we have about less than 70 years where it has ended, and everybody has an equal shot at it. 
Well, intellectually, it's absurd to think that that 300 years of accumulated wealth, estates, businesses, um, formal education, whatever, privilege even in, in, in preference in very many areas, can be eliminated in the course of 70 years. It's psychologically absurd to think that no matter how well-meaning the individual is, the white person or whatever it is, no matter how well, it, psychologically it's impossible. I'm not sure I understand when you, you're suggesting that the wealth that has been accumulated over those hundreds of years should be eliminated. What does that mean exactly? Not to be eliminated. No, no, I may, um, you maybe misunderstood me. That's, no, not. Yeah. That's the fact of the matter that the wealth that we're experiencing today is an accumulated because time is linear. Well, what, the, the reason why there's a difference between where whites are as a whole, as a group, and blacks are economically, while blacks live in ghettos all around the country mm-hmm. and that type of thing, it's because of the accumulated wealth. At least you have to factor that in when you're asking that larger question, when you're talking about whether or not slavery has an impact today that larger question. You have to factor it in because, you know, just fundamentally, factually, there's a difference. Now you the, said scale, s- the scale was unbalanced by those facts. You said 70 years um, that the uh, that the people, you know, this this litany of things that were wrong, um, including, uh, you know, being able to pass on wealth. What what happened 70 years ago? From what um, I'm... Generally, the area of the, the, area of the, the Bill police? of Rights, the, that whole 60, 64 to 65 era. Okay. Um, you know, that's fundamentally, I think, when it ended on paper. When the when the, the the force of local law enforcement agencies couldn't be used to enforce racial codes or racial preferences. Now, don't when, you think that you was know, more the in the south than wasn't structured? Don't you think that was more in the, the south than the north? It, it was all over the country, my man. Well, I I mean, it, it, what I'm seeing, what what I would think is in the north there was uh, there was a lot more uh, you know equanimity in in this area, and uh, that you know blacks would have been able to pass on wealth and all that other stuff that you were talking about. And I, I can still see, uh, you know, racial hatred coming from the black community in Manhattan just as easily as I can for, in Mobile, Alabama. Well, any, yeah, any, any human being can, can adopt negative attitudes, particularly yeah. if they have, a, you know, a, you know, a bad information from their past or a bad experience, perceived or real or whatever. Right. So that's, you know, that shouldn't, again, doesn't answer the larger question of why there's a difference. And that's why all these other issues branch out of asking that larger question. Don't I, you think it would be better, you see, as, as a white guy who... I, my best friend is black, and he's married to a white girl, and it, 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 as far as I can tell, entirely assimilated, um, if, if, you, if I can use such terminology. Um, if it, 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 What I say is, forget about it and move on. And now I know, you know a lot of people don't like to hear that. They don't want to hear me say, look, it's best for everybody if you just move on. Yeah, why the, carry around the burden? Why in the, carry in the, the same way um, that I could very well hold, quote-unquote, rich people responsible for the fact that my ancestors were nothing but peasants in, in Prussia, good for nothing but tilling their land, fighting their wars, and bearing their bastard children. I mean, shouldn't I hate rich people? Uh, again, you're, you're sort of missing the point because you're, you're, you're um, you, no, of course, uh, personally, I was, I'm a military brat. I mean, most of my friends, or I have many white friends, um, white people that I, you know, white guys that are friends sure. of my father, my family. It, it, it's not about that. It's about ask, ask, asking the larger question. I don't think anybody would say that Condoleezza Rice hasn't assimilated, and she holds these views. It's, so what it's is a the... larger question that we have to address, and that's what people mean when they say we haven't had the discussion. We think we have, but we haven't. So what is the larger question? Why does an economic gap, why does a, uh, a gap between where blacks are, are at in terms of enjoying the American dream and whites? Is it whites? fair, really? I mean, look, 
is it really fair to put every all these different individuals into groups based on their skin color? I mean, shouldn't we move system. on it's past not, that? It's, it's not it's not individuals. It's the system that was structured in that way. So we're we're, we're products of our environment. We're, we're responding to the system. But no, no, no. It, right. it's, yeah, maybe you don't not understand. About whether you burned a cross or Hold war. on a second. Let me see you if know. I can make myself clear because maybe I'm miscommunicating here. Uh, it seems to me that there are successful people that have white skin, and there are unsuccessful people that have white skin, and there are successful people that have black skin, and unsuccessful people that have black skin. I don't understand why we're even putting people into racial groups. It seems well, we did. We didn't. It, we, we. I didn't. I didn't. Did, yeah, I don't think you did. I, you were I talking didn't. about I was, a gap. I was, born, I was born into a system where those those things decisions had already been made for me. I mean, again, well, why is it why is it that blacks live in lowly developed areas? Is it because blacks are lazy? Do blacks? But I don't. I've as seen whole, plenty of whole, blacks that don't ask, live you in. You have to answer that question. But wait, I, I, but, but you can't say that blacks do this and white people do that because there are individuals in those groups. It's not we're fair. We're talking about group. We're not talking about exceptions. We're talking about the rule. It, when so you you're look saying it's a country, rule? When you look across the country, when you look across the country, you think the larger majority of blacks are Oprah Winfrey's? Well, when come you on, look man. across the country, on, you might think on. white people all live in trailer parks. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I see a variance. I see a variance, but however, I see a preference in the variance uh, that was structured. And we have to. We haven't had the conversation. Well, I, I, I think you that can't, are... you can't intelligently talk about why blacks are in ghettos and not address the impact of institutionalized racism. Well, well I agree with you that I agree with you that institutionalized racism is absolutely one of the major problems. I don't want to make it sound like I'm in disagreement. I just don't like putting people in groups based on their hair color, eye color or skin color yeah, or any of that. You're not doing stuff. that. You're, you're not doing that. You're you're talking about how people are responding to a system that we're not addressing. That we're all having, actually being manipulated by a greater issue. But uh, I mean, a system what I that we're, see, what we're I see is in. a system where the people who consider themselves the elites, I see the system where they have created rules that prevent poor blacks and poor Hispanics and poor whites I, all I across the country from getting that first foothold on the ladder of affluence. I, and I, create... agree, I agree with you, but however, all those men, all those men that you speak of, those elites are white. Uh, well, not so, all so of naturally, them. Naturally, not in, a, not in an entirety. They're going to preference themselves first. Well, not no in an entirety. Hold on. Before no you go on, obviously Colin Powell, and, Colin Powell and, and Condoleezza Rice are not um, are, are part of this elite group, and they are not white. I so, don't, actually, I don't think they are. I don't think they are. They're not, not part of the elite group. You think they're on the outside. Not, Fine. Not the inner group. They're not. They were not as part of something like well, the trilateral we commission could, or something. I don't know the trilateral commission. I certainly can't say anything about that. However, have a good weekend. Thank you for the call. We appreciate that. Uh, There are more people on the line that want to talk about this issue, so we'll continue this discussion here in moments and also take your calls about anything at 800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want. This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, live Saturday edition. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us including the updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something fresh you need to know about the show, go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. It's free, of course. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Is another fad diet the answer to losing those extra pounds? Are working out and eating right no longer helping you to lose weight? 
If you can relate to that, then go read the story of a doctor who lost 37 pounds in one month and has kept it off. See the actual before and after pictures. Read his story at notfatanymore.com. Want to get off the fad diet roller coaster and forever? Then check out notfatanymore.com. 800-259-9231. Continuing with your phone calls. Ladies first, let's talk to Tamara in Indianapolis listening on WXNT. Hello, Tamara. Yes. Um, I had a comment regarding, um, you mentioned uh, regarding racism. Uh, get over it. Go on. Mm-hmm. Um, as if the laws made the, it not exist. But I think what, and you also mentioned that um, a lot of white people didn't have slaves. Well, that's true. But the problem is the laws that the white people benefited from and the system that they benefit from and continue to benefit from and their failure to acknowledge that benefit and that continuing benefit. Even though laws change, people's mindsets do not change as fast as the laws. And that's just human nature. I'm with you on that. I think that's absolutely true, but I wonder whether more laws and more, um, you know, harping on it is really the way to fix it. Like for, you know, you've heard the term "bury the hatchet." I think that that has um, has some value here. Many, mo- I would say, most white Americans, the the negative feelings they might feel towards well, this group we'll call blacks, um, you know, the the feeling, the negative feelings they have are simply a response to negative feelings that they feel the blacks have for them. So you've got racism as a response to racism as a response to racism, and that so it's perpetuating it. So then, therefore, that compounds how the blacks feel. It compounds how the whites feel. It compounds how the blacks feel. It compounds how the whites feel. I really do think that. You know, knowing what the effects of slavery are on the psyche of black America, you know, that sort of knowing is the booby prize. I think what the real prize is, is all of us working together, you know, all of us working together and having good feelings towards each other and no one judging anyone by the the amount of melanin their skin contains. Oh, that's that's beautiful. That that is the goal. But the problem is to get to that point, we have to, and especially white America, has to acknowledge that the system continues to perpetuate itself. And I want to compare this to when you open uh, area, uh, just like when uh, at one time no blacks were allowed in basketball, okay, NBA mm-hmm. basketball, okay. okay? All of a sudden they opened it up. All of a sudden, what is it, predominantly black? Did blacks just all of a sudden develop that talent? That same principle can be applied to every sector and every profession. If they had been given the opportunities or or are given the chance at the same type of educational opportunities, blacks and other minorities would would get into those areas. And I think there's a backlash, and there's a uh, really white America or the ruling party, in effect, is somewhat scared of that. And there, and and the, and the, I think it's by design, in effect. Well, that, now, that, now you're assessing. Um, you're, you're assuming that it's the that's what the uh, politicians think. Here's what I think the politicians think. I think okay. that the only people that benefit from racism and racial tension are the haters because they benefit emotionally, and the politicians who benefit from I'll, I'll get, go out there and I'll get mighty whitey, or I'll go out there and I'll keep those, uh, you know, th- those those ruffians down. We'll, we'll we'll enforce the law. It's the letter of the law. The politicians that get out there and rail against, um, you know, these these sorts of activities, they're the ones that benefit. It's the bureaucrats and their system that benefits. And it, what what do, what do whites and blacks get out of this contention? Uh, 
Nothing. Okay, and, and see, that's where we disagree, because I see it as a black person and as a professional black person, okay? okay? I went to Indiana University, graduated, and all like that. You got your cred, but, I'm fine. I, but was was I allowed the opportunity and um, given the same uh, opportunities that a white individual was with the same education? No. Okay, now, no. what, now why what, is okay, that? No, no, it was not because it's individuals. It's individuals, and it's accepted by the system. So okay? let me see if I understand you, Tamara. You're saying that you weren't given the same opportunities because there are certain individuals who are racist that have positions of, uh, you know, positions in industry and, and, and that sort of thing? Is that what you're getting at? Yes, it's individuals, and we, and as a group, we don't, uh, I'm sorry, the individuals that can, are, are in control, it's not fault again. Okay? What is it that you propose to do? Because I acknowledge that you're correct. There are, that racism is out there and alive in America. It's disgusting, and it's, it is out there, and there are people that, you know, hold the reins of industry that are certainly racist, and there are definitely people in government that are racist. Uh, but what definitely. is it that you, that you propose to, to solve this problem? There's a lot of things I propose. Give me one. one. We don't have a lot of time. Okay. Number one is in the black community, you have a big depression going on, and that's been going on, okay, because you fight these little racism all your life. And your whole dream is deferred. So we have to attack it to build up self-esteem. And to me, that means setting up a housing program for ownership um, to build within so that you're back to the local community. You want a program? self-esteem is built up. Who, okay? is go- who is going to run this program? Who is going to run this program? Yeah. Uh, uh, really, I-, I think the community should run it. And so what I does that mean exactly? Well, that means the government, it. right? That, huh? that means no, the government, no, I think, where the racist I think people should, are. No, I think you should have the community run it and pay for it. Okay? So that means it's voluntarily run and voluntarily paid for? Exactly. In that case, have I, have, have, I have no objection to that plan. It sounds like a good idea to me, and thank you for the call tonight. We certainly appreciate it. 800-259-9231 is the Sakel CAI toll-free line. Now, voluntarily look- run means, um, means there's no tax dollars involved. Because right. I don't voluntarily pay taxes. I pay taxes at the threat of either having my house taken away or even put in prison for in- income tax evasion. Yeah. That's not voluntary. I think that uh, you know she was talking about fighting racism, and I think that that's part of the problem. The idea that you can defeat something by something like that by continuing to put your attention to it. I, I don't know if that's actually something that will be successful. And what's even worse of an idea, and this wasn't her idea, but some people have this idea, what's even worse of an idea is to go to the government and demand some sort of a program to even the playing field or even the odds. But we've already talked about how the racism is institutionalized, how racists are now much more subtle than they used to be. Back in, you know, long time ago, it was really obvious. I mean, people with whips on a plantation, it was pretty obvious who the bad guys were. Now it's much more subtle in that there are people in Washington, D.C. or in your local governments that are probably racist to the core, but you'd never know it when you talk to them. Well, I don't think they're racist for the same reason. I don't think they're racist because they hate black people. They think they well, think that's that what black... racism is. No, wait, wait. They think that black people are uh, lesser um, or anything like that. I think what they are, in fact, are... Um, you know, they, they see the benefits of pitting two groups against each other. That might be the case. That you know, they that do that very well. If we well. were all together, then w- w- maybe we would realize that so many of our problems are the people that are in power. 
they, they sure are the problem. Let's continue with the phone calls here. Candy in South Carolina listening on WSC. Hello, Candy. Hey. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I just wanted to make the comment that the caller, two callers before me. Kevin. I appreciate your comment in making the point that it would really be nice to put it behind us and not to not to take anything away from it, but for children now. I have younger children that are in elementary school, but they are still learning about black history or learning and reading certain books that portray nothing but horrible scenes. And yet I have a 12-year-old daughter who, you know, said she would never know anything about that. And all she knows is to respect each individual for who they are. In our area where, we, I mean, we have, you know, black businessmen, white, black women who, who are our friends, um, and that's how they should. I think Black History Month them. is bad because it's Black History Month. Shouldn't well, these people no, that were I so even, important, shouldn't they be I included have... in history class, period? Candy, let me give you a moment to respond here in a moment. 800-259-9231. Hang on. More with Candy. Your calls as well. We got Paul, Ben, Nigel. Everybody's on the line. Be patient. We'll get to you. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping at the Free Talk Live store. Get all kinds of great Free Talk Live branded merchandise like hats, hoodies, t-shirts, and more. You'll find it all at store.freetalklive.com. That is store.freetalklive.com. Talking about racism alive and well in America today, I wish we could just snap our fingers and make it go away. Uh, I wish that more people would see each other as individuals and judge one another based on the actions and the beliefs of the other individual and not his skin color or eye color or hair color or whatever, or amount of freckles he has. I, I, I have to agree. Um, you know, as a as a white American, what I what I've been hearing today, um, and, and obviously I can't represent white Americans any more than the the callers can represent black Americans. Some of the callers, um, but what I hear is sort of it's sort of like a rape victim saying. Uh, you know, I'm hurt, I'm hurt, I'm hurt, and then, you know, I say, well, I- I'm sorry to hear that you're hurt. Well, well, you, you're you responsible. You're a man like that the, the person who raped me. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, I didn't do that. I didn't rape you. Well, yeah, you did. There, there's men out there, and, and, and some of those men are, race, uh, are rapists. You're, you're a man. You need to fix it. And what can I do to fix it? Well, nothing. And that's what I feel a lot of white people are hearing is sort of, I've got nothing to do with this. And they're, they're, they're feeling like, you know, that, that, that they're frustrated. And that's how that, that frustration, frustration turns into after a little while. It's just they're sick and tired of hearing the message of I'm hurt, I'm hurt, I'm hurt. I want to bring Candy back on the line. Candy in South Carolina listening on WSC. Hello, you're back. Hello. All right, go ahead with well, your point. You were trying to make a comment point. Was, yeah, your last comment those sums it up. I wish that we could all look at each other's individuals and put this past behind us to where, like when my children that I'm raising, I'm raising them hopefully to be respectful and considerate and kind to everyone. I'm not pointing out that, hey, in the past this is how one group was treated opposed to another. I don't, there's no reason. You understand that we're all human beings and this is how we treat each other from here on. And mm-hmm. I know the man before you mentioned, though, that there are people, but there are all races who are born into bad circumstances you know, with parents and single families and all of that. And, and it is harder for those people 
no matter what their race is, to overcome these obstacles. But they can. If they really, truly want to, the opportunities are here. The opportunities are there, but to be fair to them... Uh, to and it's not just something that's targeting uh, poor blacks. It targets poor anybody, Hispanics, right. whites, anybody. The fact is, the reason why people are living in trailer parks and ghettos and awful uh, conditions in this country, whatever their skin color is, usually has to do with number one, their belief system about where they are in life and what they can achieve. But number two, if they got the idea into their heads that they wanted to move up and move out of there, and they figured that the way to do that was to start their own business, that's where their dream would die. Because the government system that we have today, and Candy, thank you for the call tonight, the government system we have today prevents people who are on the lower rung, uh, lower rungs of the ladder of affluence from climbing up it. It right. prevents people, no matter what their skin color, people who are poor, who might have just you know scraped together a little bit of savings to try to start their own business, they're told, no, you can't start your own business, citizen. You don't have a license. And to get a license, it's going to cost X amount of thousands of dollars. Oh, what's that? You can't afford it? <laughs> well, sorry. Oh, oh, we see that you're trying to run a business out of your home. Oh, I'm sorry, citizen. We're going we to shut you down. We can't allow you to run a business out of your home because we have these things called zoning regulations, which are designed, the zoning regulations and the business regulations and the licensing and all this crap these hoops that you have to jump through to start your own business in America, all of it is designed to protect the people who are already in those trades. Now, it just happens to be that most of those people are white people because of the factor that our earlier caller was talking about, because, you know, uh, white people just had more freedom in this country for a longer period of time, so they were able to establish themselves more. But if there were black people in those areas, they would be protected too. Anybody who's already in business is protected by these regulations that keep poor people from competing. They keep poor people from stepping up and getting into an industry and offering a competitive product or service into the marketplace and taking some market share away from the establishment. Whoever those establishment people are, it's the establishment protecting themselves from everybody else. And it, and it really comes back to something you touched on earlier, Mark, and that is that the government people, the establishment, the man, they have this brilliant method of pitting groups against one another. Right, and in the black establishment and the white establishment, the people that are in it, they benefit both times, because if they're part of this, say, the restaurant board in town, well, they don't want to let somebody open up a restaurant on, on you know, with, with, you know, with just a little bit of money, because they've arrived. The black ones have arrived there. They're on the board. They've arrived. They don't care about their brethren, as though they really are brethren. They're not. Right. Um, they're just other people with that much melanin in their skin. Mm -hmm. That's all. There's no such thing as black and white, really. It's just an amount of melanin in the skin. And if we would just get these restrictions off of people and let them pursue the American dream, like W.E.B. Dubois said, rather than looking to the government to say, fix this for us, fix it. They're the cause of the We've problem. We've been harmed. Well, yeah, but it was the government that harmed you from the very, very beginning. The United States government allowed slavery. Okay. They backed it up. The local yep. um, uh, and state governments uh, you know, allowed Jim Crow laws. Look, it's the government that's a problem here. It's not the white guy. It's the government. Exactly. Let's continue with your calls and talk to Ben in South Carolina listening on WSC. Hello, Ben. Ben. Hey, how you, how you doing? Hey, great. What's on here? You got your window rolled down? Yeah. What, I, what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to pull over real fast. Right? I'm driving a truck. Okay. I'm, I'm over here at the uh, terminal in Charleston. I'm a longshoreman. Gotcha. 
Yeah, okay. Hi, that's a little better? Lots better. Much better, sir. Hey, check it out, man. You know, I'm glad you, you got your program because you're giving people the chance to voice their opinions, and that's that's American right there all all, all by itself. That's why know? we're here. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to say is that I want to say something to the blacks and the whites, right? Okay. I want to let them know that there is a brand-new game in town, and this game is making everybody equal. It's making rich folks equal. It's making poor folks equal. It's making blacks equal, whites equal, Chinese equal, young and the poor, making them all equal. And this new game is called crack cocaine. <laughs> I think crack cocaine is America's public enemy number one. I think it's doing more damage to this country than America, than Iraq, than hmm. Afghanistan. The money that we're spending on these different countries, I think we should spend fighting this disease. It's, it's, it's overrunning our country. And um, I just want everybody to know that the reason why crack cocaine is killing folks in America the way it's doing is because it's a demonic spirit. Let me, let me interject here, Ben, because I, I feel I understand where you're coming from. One of our former co-hosts on the show was a, a crack addict at one time. So I've, I've had personal uh, experience uh, with this. And uh, it absolutely is a scourge. However, I don't know if I agree with your suggestion that the government should be fighting that particular scourge because it was the government's fault that crack cocaine even exists in the first place. Had it not been for the war on drugs, making you know criminalizing cocaine, crack co- yeah. crack would never have been invented. Crack was invented hey. as a quick and dirty alternative to the real deal, which is cocaine. Freebasing. Right. Yeah, and so if it weren't for this war, insane war on drugs, it wouldn't exist. Neither would meth, by the way. Meth would not exist either. It was created for the same exact reasons. And so okay. the, the real solution to this problem, is, and this may sound strange, but the real solution is to legalize all drugs, including prescription narcotics, all the illegal drugs out there needs to be legalized. That way it's taken out of the hands of criminals and put right. into the hands of, of uh, business people in the marketplace. Now, okay. it's not going to make crack cocaine go away. Crack's here, and it's probably here to stay. But what it will do is it'll make it so those people that are addicted, hopelessly addicted to crack cocaine, will A, no longer be afraid of going to get help, because many of them are frightened to death they're going to be put in a jail cell if they try to go get help. So it'll, right. it'll make it so they can go get help much easier. And second, it'll make it so they aren't robbing people, you know, robbing people at truck stops, robbing people at, gu- you know, gun or knife point, breaking into people's homes to get the money they need. And thank you for the call tonight. It's, I'm glad you brought that up. It's a little, little bit of noise in the background there. Uh, drugs, uh, are, drugs are a very, very uh, integral part to, the war, uh, to, to this racism issue that we're talking about here. Oh, they, they sure are. But just to, uh, to continue my train of thought here, uh, the people that, that need crack, the people that are hooked on it, meth and everything else, you have, you have to understand the reason they commit crimes is because they need the money to get the crack. The reason they need the money is because it's really, really expensive. And the reason why it's really, really expensive is because it's a black market product. That's what happens in the black market. And the reason it's a black market product is because it's illegal. So we fix all of that problem. We fix it all by re-legalizing drugs in America. Price will go down. Anybody could afford it. You could afford a crack habit with a McDonald's job. It would be not a problem. The, the crime, the violent crime associated with, the, with drug use would drop almost overnight. 
800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. If you're on hold, we will get to you coming up in hour number two. You bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy them on us. Uh, again, that's freetalklive.com. People holding over. We started talking about, uh, well, actually, it was a call. This is how Free Talk Live works. I mean, we brought in prep to talk about tonight, but calls were right on the board as soon as we started the show. And somebody, brought up, stopped. somebody brought up racism, and that created ten more calls. So uh, we continue with your calls here. Uh, let's start with Matt in South Carolina listening on WSC. Hello, Matt. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, first of all, I'd like to say I'm a 36-year-old white man. Okay. okay. Um, I Me heard too. People mention, yeah, all right. <laughs> no, I'm a 37. Um, I forgot. I'm sorry. Right on. Well, I uh, I just wanted to say I heard somebody talking a few calls ago about the education system. When I was in middle school and high school, last year middle school and all through high school, out of a class of about 3,000, the white people in the school were double digits. Um, when I was young, we were incredibly poor. We had nothing. Um, the only way we got out of it was by busting our butts, and working hard. I work three jobs right now. I, I just got off of a 10-hour shift. I'm going to another one here shortly. I work seven days a week. I do whatever it takes to get ahead in the world. Anybody who thinks that they can get a handout and get ahead, you know, if somebody gives them something, the housing programs, whatever, anybody who gives you anything is holding you back. Yeah, I agree and with you there. It's just complete nonsense to hear people call in and say, oh, if you just give me this or give me that. You've well, got to earn everything you have. To their point of view, they believe they have earned it. It's a debt owed to them. Um, yeah, I, well, I, I, I disagree because I had nothing to do with it, and that debt is going to be paid out of my pocket from my tax money. And so yeah. that's where it all falls apart. I've never owned slaves. None of my ancestors ever owned slaves because, from the best I can tell, they all came over post-1860. Um, yeah, my family's been here for about 60 years. Right. We're, we're in our third generation here, both sides. So America may be this, this incorporated entity that has been around for 200-plus years, but the fact is, uh, if, if it's a government by the people, then it it hasn't been around for more than 100 because there aren't, you know, there's very few more people, very few people over 100, and I, and even fewer of them likely voting. Yep. Any other thoughts for us tonight? Uh, nope, that was it. I was just, uh, I was getting angry and I had to vent. Something. I appreciate it. That's and, uh, why we're here, I Matt. For Thank you for the call, dude. Everything I got. Very right. good. Thank you. 800 259. That's the American dream. 9231. That's all I want for everyone in America what? is for them to be able to work for what they have and to be able to keep what they work for. Absolutely. Uh, but unfortunately, as we just discussed last hour, that situation is just not the case for most all Americans. Most of them. Uh, with the exception of the elites. The rest of us, we can't just go out and start our own businesses. One of the reasons why I'm doing this show is because I didn't have to ask anybody's permission to do it. Yeah. You know, the fact is, when we started this show uh, syndicated six nights a week, 
the employer for whom we both worked at the time was not interested in this show going on six days a week. He wanted it to be on one day a week. Mm-hmm. And we wanted it to be on six because we were offered that from the syndicator. So you built a studio, and we did the show six days a week. And I didn't have to ask anybody's permission to, to build the studio because it was in my home, and I wasn't going to have a bunch of traffic going by, so no one would, uh, would notice and demand me get some sort of a business permit to operate a business out of my home. I don't even know what the permitting process would have been had I uh, gone through with that. I'm not sure. But my original plan, Mark, was to run a radio station. Mm-hmm. I, originally wanted to, uh, I originally wanted to build and operate a radio station. But guess what? You have to have thousands upon thousands of dollars just to pay the fees. Tens of thousands just for for the application that may very well get turned down. Right. So there are so many different hoops to jump through that the government people put up. That people like me, I wasn't anybody particularly wealthy. I, I would call my family maybe mid to lower middle class, maybe. I don't really know what the ranges are, and I think that's also a problem, separating people by this concept of classes. I think that's problematic, too. Uh, but I didn't have anything uh, special. All the money I had, I earned from working, as that last gentleman called in. Uh, you know, I, I had been working at the big Kmart, and I would... It would have only cost me a few thousand dollars to put together a station as far as the hardware was concerned, but the licensing fees were impossible. They were impossible for me to reach. I, c- I couldn't afford it right now. And They're I'm, meant to be, and yeah. that's the whole idea. The right. idea is to cull down the amount of people that can get into the business, that can get on the radio dial, right. that can talk about what they want to talk about. That's the whole point. And it's, it's successful. Yep, and it's, and it's the it's same wrong. way everywhere. I just give radio as an example from my life. It's the same way for you if you want to be a plumber. It's the same way for you if you want to open a restaurant. Somebody who didn't have a lot of money but had a lot of talent in cooking, they should be able to open up something in their house and serve people from their damn kitchen if they want to. But no, we've got health regulations and zoning and all these other things that will prevent someone from getting a foothold, getting started with their own business. So instead, what they end up having to do is what uh, Matt there has to do, is work three jobs to make it. You shouldn't have to work three jobs. If you're an entrepreneur, you can start your own business. You can focus on that, maybe work a part-time job to get a little bit of extra money coming in. But if you could start small and start without having to beg these government bureaucrats for permission, you would be able to get that foothold you need to get into the marketplace. But now, the people, regulations prevent it. People believe that you're gonna that, that restaurants will begin poisoning us all if there isn't a food inspector out there that's employed by the government. And that's just absolute nonsense. Um, you know, I would choose whether or not I wanted to go into a restaurant that has, has or has not been inspected, mm-hmm. and there would be private inspection firms. They would have the boom, boom, the golden edge of approval if they decided to uh you know get that particular uh you know rating system or or zagats or whatever yeah. the private companies would would uh, come in and they'd inspect they'd likely do it more often and they'd be more thorough and people would decide whether or not they wanted to go in yeah, this place yeah I, I as a consumer would be able to make the de- make the choice i would know that by going into someone's house to buy some food i might be taking a bit of a risk but i'll bet you that that person's house they'd make some of the best food around that you damn right i wish i had the opportunity to try it but Thanks to the mommy government, that's prevented. And if someone starts to do a business like that, and word gets to the government people, they'll send men with guns over there to put a stop to it. Yep, shut it right down. So, I'm with you, Mark. If we just had a true free marketplace, these problems would be well on their way to being solved. But it's because of government regulation, that's one of the, that's the main, in my opinion, the main reason why poor people stay poor in America. Besides the mentality of being poor and, you know, not really... uh, And waiting for a handout. Yeah.
Well, wait, then there's that waiting, too. Waiting for someone to fix your problem because no one can fix your problem ever. No one can ever fix your problem. Your problem is yours, and only you can fix it. No doubt about it. Let's go to the phones and talk to Jason in Indianapolis listening on WXNT. Hello, Jason. Hello. Hey, you're on Free uh, Talk Live. Great show, actually. Thank uh, you. Great topic. Uh, I, I just, I guess to add to it, I said I wanted to add my little two cents to it, and, and just, I guess, two brief points. There were a couple of calls on I know Matt just called, and first of all, Matt's working three jobs. It's kind of ridiculous, but... That's the state of the economy and how things are going, and, yep. and you do it at all costs. Um, but in looking at the discussion or and the lack of discussion regarding race in America, there's no listening. And I, I, I'm not for either. I don't want to hear a side story, but I don't, on the other hand, want to hear a total negation of someone's experience. Mm-hmm. And that's where the conversation seems to, to go. I'm always as a, I'm Matt's age, I'm 36-year-old African-American, mm-hmm. and I'm always one of the only blacks in any job I've ever worked. And it, I don't, I, I, I hear a lot of uh, white male anxiety, a lot, lot of white male uh, resentment, because there are a lot of questions, and I guess I'm like the, the most accessible person to them, and I hear a lot of venting. And I can understand there's a lot of frustration. What kind of venting are you hearing? Well, they'll ask if a topic comes on the news. They'll ask me about it. Uh, I guess one would be welfare. <laughs> I become the the the, uh, the de facto sounding board for black issues. Uh, and I, I I don't I don't I don't like that. And I tell them, you know, I'm not here. I'll give you my opinion on it. But there's a there's a lot of anxiety about. Uh, the affirmative action. There's a lot of anxiety about uh, welfare, and there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of people out there um, in the white community that have a lot of resentment out there because of some of the programs. And I and don't I, think that government is a good place to resolve problems. Right, because the that. government creates these programs. I want to bring you back in a moment. We'll continue this discussion. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The government creates these programs that create more resentment. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, the live Saturday edition. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us, including the wiki. Get interactive. Over 1,500 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener editable version of our website. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com. It's free, of course, wiki.freetalklive.com. If you're thinking about starting a business, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. LegalZoom.com, it's fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, and trademarks. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. LegalZoom.com. We go back to Jason in Indianapolis listening on WXNT. Now, Jason, as you said before, you're a 36-year-old African-American. Uh, the place you work, you're like the only black guy there. So inevitably, you've sort of been the sounding board for many of these, uh, as you described them, resentful white dudes uh, who just want to ask you all kinds of questions about various different issues. 
And uh, it's interesting you brought that up, the uh, this resentment factor, because it ties into what something Mark was saying earlier about how these government people have created this brilliant system to pit people against one another. They pit, you know, the Christians against the homosexuals. They pit black people against white people. They pit poor people against rich people. They create these groups. They encourage people to put themselves in Democrats the group. Democrats versus Republicans. Oh, there's that one, yeah. They, they encourage people to put themselves in that group, uh, and then they, uh, then, they, then they tell them that the other groups are all out to get them, and, of course, that's what it yeah. seems like, because some of them actually are. And so what you're pointing out here is that there's this uh, resentment factor to where when government has come in and said to uh, to the black community, whatever that means, uh, government people have come in and said, we're going to help you even the odds. We've got this uh, affirmative action program. And then, of course, uh, that results in certain black people being given privilege over other people. And so then there's these middle-aged, middle-aged white guys you're working with that are upset about that fact uh, because odds are that taxpayer money is paying for it. And so they, uh, they resent the fact that they're being forced to pay for this sort of reverse racism program, and that may actually help engender more racism. Uh, would you agree? Well, I'll say this, that there, um, we label everything, and we want to categorize everything into small compartments because it's easy that way. We, and then we also want government to solve all of our problems. When, we, when I say categorize, everything's got to be black or white. Everybody's got to be poor or old. Everybody's got to put something into some specific label. And I do agree, uh, having government solve the problem, having government have their input or, or, or let them be the solution is not effective, and it's proven itself. It creates more contention. Sure does. And that's typical. You'll see that with government programs everywhere. Whatever the program is, whatever its stated goal, it usually never reaches the goal and usually ends up creating the opposite of its intended goal. I mean, for instance, the war on poverty. We now have more poverty than ever. The war on drugs. We now have more drugs than ever. The war on terrorism has resulted in more terrorism around the world. So uh, it would make sense that government programs that were designed to lessen racism would actually increase it. And I'm glad you called in tonight. Any other thoughts? Yes. Um, well, the point I want to get to is that there, I, I'm, I'm not for, and I guess I'm discovering as I'm 36, and as I, as I learn, become more politically aware, I am kind of finding out that I'm more conservative in my bent, that I don't agree with all the government programs that are out there. However, there are things that I think that can contribute to a better understanding. And, and th- just, just from my pr- perspective, if there was more substance uh, put in about Latino contributions, black contributions to the founding of this Amer- of America and the building of America, that the stoplight, even a basic stoplight, was built, was invented by black person. We've contributed a lot to society. If we had some of that substance in the textbooks, rather than people, only thing they find out about blacks is Martin Luther King and slavery. That's ridiculous. Jason, uh, you can't have a conversation based on little substance because when I enter into conversations with people, they're acting like, well, what do you guys? You guys should be just happy to exist. No, well, we sacrificed for this country. We fought for this country, and we've helped to contribute to this country. But if they never learn that, then they always feel like we're a, 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 a lesser part and that we don't have any right to benefit from the country. And I think that speaks to what Kevin said earlier about the disenfranchisement early on, the 70 years of Jim Crow lynching, 
all of those things happen when you feel like someone is beneath or not as the equality is not there. Jason, you... I, I, I disagree um, that uh, white people feel that way. I certainly don't feel that way. I've, I don't believe I've ever felt that way. Um, I, I think that black Americans do contribute. But do you understand that that's a problem of the government, too? Because people are educated, by and large, in government schools, and therefore government officials pick which textbooks they use, and government officials decide what they're taught. If we had a free market in education, rather than us being forced, you forced to pay your tax dollars to a school that teaches people a curriculum that is, in, in your opinion, uh, you know, racist. Let's, let's just call it that. I don't know what, if you'd go that far. But that's the problem. The government, once again, I can turn it around and um, spin it back to the government every time because they're the culprit. Yeah, and they're I, no I don't concern. Wanna, I don't, and I can, it, it gets contentious, and this is a very difficult subject to broach. And I don't want to infer that you are a part of the problem. No, I that's didn't. Not, think that's you did. not why I called in. No, I don't. I, I didn't feel that way. Every time I talk, it gets contentious, and I, I sit back and I listen, and I can under, I can feel it's feeling like I'm accusing white people. I'm not doing that. I just want there to be more substantive understanding yeah. of the cultural differences and the cultural contribution. And I don't agree with government stepping in and mandating things, but I do. I would like a caveat to that, and I, I hate to say a caveat to uh, put a butt on there because it negates what I said. I said, and to I think that to add substance to that conversation, there has to be a core understanding about the differences and celebrate the differences. The answer is not welfare programs. The answer, is, and whether that's corporate welfare, whether that's farm welfare, here, here. or whether that's yeah. welfare for people, that's I have not to the say, solution. Jason, I have to say, I totally agree with you. However, there are group, you know, there are certain people in America that disagree with that, and they want to have their agenda forced down everyone's throat. I'm uh, with Mark on this one. I think that the, the the solve to this problem is to get rid of government education. That way, we can all have the education for our young people that we want as parents. We can give them the exact education that we want to, rather than having to subject them to whatever the whims of the bureaucrats are. And in this case, we're talking about bureaucrats that may be racist, or bureaucrats that may have an axe to grind, or whatever it is. If we have a free marketplace in education... I, as an atheist, for instance, can send my kids to a school where there's no uh, no religious component. Uh, I could send my kids to a school where there is that diverse sort of an education that I that uh, that I might be looking for, that you might be looking for as well. But I, once I once we have this, one thing to that. yes, sir. The only thing I would say to that, and I would add this to it, and I I, I wholeheartedly agree with free market solutions. I am a free market guy. I definitely agree with uh, the, the let the market dictate the demand. I, I, I'm all for that. I'm in the financial field. The thing is, and I've discovered this in life. You got 20 it's seconds. Not, it's not racism. It's placism. People live in communities. And if you're in an all-white community, and if that market dictates an all-white education, then that's what the market dictates, and that's what the market will bear. So there has to be some kind of normative uh, standard. And I, I will say this. I understand the concerns. Hang on, I'll bring you back. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. Free 
Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, also, we're members of the Free State Project. Bar, mm-hmm. Both Mark and myself, we moved here uh, to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project as early movers uh, a couple almost a couple years ago at this point, a year and a half. And it has been wonderful so far. It's been an amazing movement. In case you haven't heard, the Free State Project is a movement of 20,000 liberty-loving individuals all moving to New Hampshire in order to, uh, to attain liberty in our lifetimes. And it's uh, it's a great project. You can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about it, get signed up, uh, and read some blogs. There's a brand new feature right there on the front page of the website. I had been pushing for this for uh, for a few months, uh, and it was because the Free State Project's website, the only thing that used to change on it was the number, the number of people that had signed up for the Free State Project, which is currently around 8,000. It's just over 8,000. So we still got to get to that 20,000 20, mark, but I figured... The front page needs something to keep people coming back. There has to be something for them to see there. And there was so much stuff going on here in New Hampshire, so much great pro-liberty activism happening here. The Free State Project wasn't reporting on but a fraction of it. And so what they've done now is they've taken various different free state-oriented blogs, liberty-oriented blogs from around New Hampshire, and they've sort of uh, syndicated them all to the front page of freestateproject.org. So my blog at freekeen.com, some of the things that are posted there show up now on the front page of freestateproject.org. And there are a handful of other blogs. I think there's like actually 12 or 13 different uh, different blogs they're featuring there. So it's a great way to really keep up to date with what's happening in New Hampshire. You can now do it right from the front page of freestateproject.org. But I have to say, Mark, that I love living here, but one of the things that bothers me the most is how white it is. Let's bring back Jason. Uh, he is a, a 36-year-old black male from uh, from the Indianapolis area listening on WXNT. And Jason, we will have to probably, this will probably have to be our last segment with you because we got people hanging on. But it's yeah, been such yeah. a great conversation. I wanted to make sure you had a chance to get your thoughts out. A moment ago, you were talking about we were talking about the free marketplace, and, and earlier you mentioned you know being a conservative, and I don't like that word, and I don't think it applies to me. I'm I'm a free marketeer. I used to call myself a libertarian. I think if you're somebody who used to feel like a liberal, but now you're feeling like you're taking on conservative ideas, you might want to look into the liberty movement because it sounds like you might fit in pretty well with us. Uh, Sounds good with me. But you were talking about the free marketplace, and we were talking about education and how uh, we think that the government should get the hell out of it because that's it's just a problem. I mean, the idea that government is educating kids is just going to teach kids that government is good and government is wonderful when, in fact, it's anything but. Uh, but you went on by, by uh, to, to point out this uh, this concept of placism, where if you're in a place like here in New Hampshire where it's like 97% white people – uh, inevitably, if the marketplace is is active and we have market education, you're going to have sort of well white centric uh, education, and that very well may be true. And I don't know white centric, sure. Racist education that uh, he um, didn't say racist. No, he, well, he he kind of suggested that they would keep out the history of blacks, and uh, you know to some extent. And I'll I'll give it that. You're right. The history of blacks doesn't enter into my mind on a pretty on a very regular basis, about as often as the history of Eskimos does. I'm not I'm none of those, and so I can see complacency in that area um, in a free market education system. I can't, however, see white Americans putting up for one second with obvious, clear, racist 
uh, dogma. It depends on where you're raised. I mean, there could be some very, very kind of racist, there could be some racist enclaves in America where... There could be some enclaves, and they would be rare. Right. But, you know, what I wanted to point out about this, and I'm going to let you comment here in a moment, Jason, but what I wanted to point out about that idea is that it, while it may be true, that's okay. It's okay with me if there are a bunch of uh, white people living together or people with blue eyes living together that only want to talk you know, to their kids about what blue-eyed people have done over time. Uh, if that's the education they want to give their kids, that's fine. It's none of my business. And part of being somebody who loves liberty, I understand that in order to have liberty for myself... I have to grant that same amount of liberty to everyone else. I may have a viewpoint that I consider right and that I think that everyone should adopt, but I understand that that's never going to happen and that by trying to uh, foist that viewpoint on everyone via some governmental education system, I will only create, as we were talking about earlier, the opposite of my intentions. And so the part of you know loving freedom is letting people go and letting them have their crazy ideas or their you know their racist and live together in their you know in, incest or whatever it is they want to do with their lives they should be able to be free to do it and we should be free to be over here educating our kids how we want to and let the market organize itself in whatever way it decides to does that make sense it makes it makes perfect sense and if we go for a total free market solution and again i didn't say racist i said places right it, the, the market will bear what the market can handle and the education is going to be formed from what the market dictates right and that's yep. that's how it should be and I, I, I and i i don't dis, i don't disagree with you i don't call that racist i don't call it wrong if that's what the market will bear right because, because right now market- what we have is the bureaucrats deciding what the education system should be so if the bureaucrats have a particular viewpoint that you and i disagree with well guess what we're forced by law by the threat of violence by the police coming and throwing us in jail to send our kids to that school of course it, it's possible to send your kids to a private school but those have to be government approved too so the whole system is just an absolute mess, and the uh, it will be well on the way towards healing as soon as we get the government out of it. Thanks for the call tonight, dude. We, we appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. We go to Nigel in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Nigel. Hey, yeah, I was actually calling in about something that was mentioned about an hour ago now, that um, the first caller you had, the guy from South Carolina, uh, was saying that there, you know, there have been centuries of accumulated wealth, and that was that was part of the reason why white people still have an advantage over black people, or at least they succeed more than black people do. It was one overall. of his points, yeah. And but I I don't think that really makes a lot of sense because you can look at immigrants that have come in, even discriminated against minority immigrants that have come in, such as Asians, in mainly in the past hundred years, and. By and large, they do quite well. I think they actually have a higher median income than whites do now. You're correct. Uh, immigrants to America, in fact, are far more entrepreneurial than uh, than regular Americans, and that includes uh, regular black Americans and Hispanic Americans, anybody born here. Uh, immigrants are far more entrepreneurial, uh, entrepreneurial mindset, and that is what contributes to them being more successful. Absolutely. Many of them create their own businesses uh, from scratch because they can, at least to some extent, that we were certainly pointing out that uh, there are a lot of regulations that prevent that. We'd have even more uh, immigrant-run businesses and local, uh, you know, American-run businesses. When you look businesses. at Asians, they do, some, they, they do some pretty cool stuff that uh, sort of skirts the law. They just, you know, just flout the law, um, and, and I'm for it. Is yes. They'll 
they'll um, buy a restaurant or, or rent a restaurant space or buy a restaurant space or um, you know mortgage for it or whatever, and rather than buying a house, they'll live in the back. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll live in you know pretty squalid conditions um, to, to some extent in order to save the money, and. You know that, or Doing they'll what it do, takes. they'll do it with uh, you know other businesses. But uh, I, I think that it it really it's pretty cool. Nigel, that's really all I called to say. Great point. Thank you for making it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Thank you for the call. Let's continue. Uh, let's talk to Paul in South Carolina, listening on WSC. Hello, Paul. Hey guys, how are you doing this evening? Super. What's on your mind? I just wanted to comment earlier. I'm going to have to be real brief here. I, I'm not going to be able to expand on what I really wanted to say, but uh, earlier Jason commented about Matt's uh, ability to work three jobs and call that insane or what have you. One thing that we need to realize is one way to build wealth uh, and to change the culture of a lot of our societies is through hard work, by being debt-free, by putting in the extra time, the extra effort, rather than looking for that handout, rather than looking for someone to do something for us, we need to take action for ourselves because oh, if we're I agree. not personally responsible, then no one else is going to be responsible for it. Uh, no, I think I think Jason would agree with you. I think that what he was just saying was that I don't think anybody wants to work three jobs. Nobody really and, wants that, and he did acknowledge well, that that's part of the, the economy. And the economy today. is crappy, and, and if, if we give people back their tax money, they wouldn't have to work as much. I think that was sort of uh, one of his points. Well, and earlier, I, and there was someone's going to help me out. You know, I'm working on my second job as a seat. Someone <laughs> Someone pointed out earlier, you know, they were talking about the bigger picture and uh, and this and that. And you asked him what was the, the bigger question. We'll get to that here in a moment. Hang on, Paul. We're going to bring you back. Hang on. 800-259-9231. The bigger question, the bigger picture. Coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free. 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And again, join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, once again, that's freetalklive.com. Enjoy the archives, by the way, an entire year's worth of them right there on the front page of the website for your download and convenience. Free at freetalklive.com. Uh, Let's continue with the phone calls here, talking about racism still. Uh, We continue back with Paul in South Carolina. Uh, You were going to talk about the bigger picture, Paul. You're listening on WSC, so I wanted to make sure you uh, had a chance to continue your thoughts, sir. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, I can go ahead and vouch for you have at least two listeners in Charleston, (laughs) uh, because whenever uh, one of the other drivers came back in, he saw the phone to my ear, and he started chuckling, because he wondered whenever he heard the name and and the state that if it was me, and in fact it ended up being, but that's beside the point. It's good to know. Uh, it's a, WSC is a 25,000-watt FM. I'm, I imagine we have more yeah, than a couple We're listeners. smoking into yeah, a you, lot of people's ears. You got a couple, right? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the, it, what's funny is a lot of times we can always talk and use 50-cent words and try to make ourselves sound you know, more intelligent than we probably actually are. Mm-hmm. But the, the bottom line is is when Sim says the bigger, the bigger question, well, you ask him what it was, and an hour later, I don't even remember what he said because it just seems so out there. I mean, it boils down to how do you fix racism? Well, you know what? You're probably not going to end it. It's always going to be there in some capacity. How do uh, African Americans, blacks, how do they make their quality of life better? Well, how, how does anyone make their quality of life better? It, it boils back down to hard work, taking accountability for your actions, not looking for a handout, and it probably starts at home with having 
a stable mother, a stable father, by having solid role models in the house. You know, you're not sure. looking to the NBA or the professional athletes or the MTV generation. It I, starts with getting an education. Sure, and sure, that's all you, true. And I think, though, that, you know, coming back to what we were talking about earlier, how government helps in uh, institutionalize racism and government's programs that are supposed to fix the problem actually make it worth, I th- worse. I think no getting... One, but see, earlier you were using the examples of being small business owners. Not everyone in America is cut out to be business owners. You have worker bees, and then you probably have the queen bee. I don't, never, I don't necessarily. I, I, I have to. I have to disagree with you there, Paul, because I think that while what you say might be true in that they're not cut out to be business owners, I think that's because they've been educated to believe they can't be, and they've been told that they can't be. And when if they get it into their heads that they might want to try it, then they find out that there's fifteen thousand business regulations they'd have to jump through, and they just figure, ah, it's easier to just go to a job and work that way. It's so I think same thing. It's the same thing for any any race. It's not a they being black or white. What it is, is never in 2008, this is a country where you can do anything that you want to do. It's not you true. You can make as much of your life as you want to make. No, make it's not true. Money. No, I, I love that dream and I love that vision, but because of the government, that is not a true statement. I wanted to, do, to own a radio station. I could not possibly do it even at this point in my career because I don't have enough money in the bank to pay the licensing fees for the to, to the federal government. I don't even have enough money to afford the application fee. So it's not true. I could have a radio station if there was no FCC. I could go spend a few grand to get myself a transmitter, well, some equipment, and put it all together and put it on the air. So that's just one example of the many ways that the government regulations yeah. prevent people of all different you know shapes and sizes from doing the things they want to do, which is one of the main reasons why people aren't as entrepreneurial as they could be, Paul. You woke up, but you woke up one day and you said you wanted to own a radio station, then you went to find out about it, and then you realized, though, that you needed to have $50,000 in the bank before you could start a radio station. More than that. Well, I mean, hypothetically, what okay. if you had done the research 10 years before and understood what it would have taken 10 years prior or what have you to get that radio station? But it doesn't matter. You wouldn't have been in that. So well, no. in ten years prior now. to him deciding to do that, he would have been eight. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but my point is that I could own a radio station if it weren't for the government. And so many other people could be entrepreneurs. Right. If it's it not the American the dream if you have to, if, if the government can steal half of your wages, and you know when Tax Freedom Day is, right? It's like late May. I mean, yeah. they take almost half of your wages. You know, it's not freedom then, because they're stealing your money that you could be using to create this dream for yourself and for, I mean, how many people would work at this radio station of his, this hypothetical radio station? He'd be creating dreams for those people, too. They'd be on the air. They'd be out selling ads. They'd be doing whatever it is they're doing. And the government destroys dreams every single day. Yep, and that's the bigger picture, my friend. Paul, great call. Thank you for making it tonight. 800-259-9231 is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can overcome... The, the, the strictures the government's put in place, but the politicians are out there right now. Barack Obama's talking about socialized medicine. He's talking about uh, you know increasing regulations on businesses as the way to prosperity. He, if it, and likely he will be the president. He's, he's one of certainly three that will be the president. And they all agree on this, and, by the and, way. And they're all, they all want to tax the crap out of you and regulate the crap out of businesses out of there. They are, you know, just eating away, eating away at the American dream. Does it exist? Sure. But it's crumbs left over from what it was. It could have been, yep.
And it could still be, but we just have to throw off the shackles of this awful government that we have. That's, uh, I think, one of the major steps that will really get us back to, or get us to the point to where each individual in this country really does have the opportunity that Paul was talking about. Because it is possible, but as long as we keep accepting being ruled by our masters in Washington, D.C., or in, uh, you know, whatever your state capital might happen to be, or your local town government, as long as we keep putting up with their rules, they'll keep making them. There's no, there's not going to be any shortage of new laws to come out of these governments That's around this country. That's what legislatures do. They legislate. I mean, if I'm a legislator, if I'm not legislating, I must not be doing my job, right? Let's continue with your calls and talk to Alex in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Alex. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Hi, I'd like to talk about the destruction of our 14th Amendment, okay. which is okay. which is regarding parental rights. Okay, sure. Uh, I don't know about the rest of the states out there, but we're, we're, we're sure seeing it out here, and they think we're really dumb, you know? It's amazing how dumb the government thinks we are. Okay. You know, and these people go to school for seven years, and they sit there and laugh at us. Like, Isn't the 14th Amendment about uh, slavery? No, no, actually, this, this, is, this is regarding the, our, our parental rights. Okay, but, I thought the 14th Amendment was but, a citizenship thing. Maybe maybe there's something noted there also about that. I'm not sure, but um, what is it that I mean? I don't have it in front of me. I've only got the first ten, but you know, uh, I, I don't have exactly what it is. But we, but as American citizens, everyone should know what that is. That should be your most important amendment. That matter of fact, that's you just that told me you don't know what it amendment. is, <laughs> right? That, what, the, that is about the generation we leave behind us. You know. So what is I, it? I your, don't. What is I don't, your, I'm, I don't I'm sorry. understand how you know if somebody calls child protective services and makes false allegations. State of Michigan goes, it's okay. We're going to ask that the judge hears this in court. Unless you can prove that 100% beyond a shadow of a doubt, just like in a murder trial, that what you're saying is true, should have never went to court, then when you go and you slap it at the Judicial Commission and uh, those court-appointed attorneys who don't speak and you, know, you got you got a, a file, uh, probably over 100 pages, and everything's from the people making accusations. I take it you've had a run-in I, with I, the I'm, child I'm really service? shocked and I'm very disappointed that our tax dollars are being spent on this. The same agency, Department of Human Services, mm -hmm. same agency that hands out our food stamps. Okay, they handed out our food stamps, but that's because we have a bad economy. That's because when I wake up in the morning and I drink my coffee out of my coffee pot, it's made in China, and oh, my microwave, my stove, and everything, well, everything, everything, even my clothes. You know, and it's a shame that, you know, uh, Mr. Bill Gates couldn't build his computers here. Uh, well, we got. We were I think you're all over the map, sir. And I, yeah, thank you for the right, call right, tonight. I appreciate it. I, he's just all over the map. First of all, well, he's Bill frustrated. Gates he's a guy frustrated right. that's been, um, you know, uh, he's been drugging for in front of the court system, and I don't know why. Uh, you know, it it seems to me that the, the stories that I hear about, uh, you know, the, the Department of you know, it, it changes. The name changes at, at every state, but basically, child services. Yeah, the, uh, the Department nightmares. of Child they're they're all nightmares. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure that there's some out there where it, it's done a good thing, but the government stealing people's children from them on accusations of a neighbor or a busybody. Right. And and what they do is they take the kid, and then, in most cases, they take the kid, and then you've got to prove that it's not, the, the accusations aren't so to get your kid back. It can be days and weeks later, uh, months later, and, you know, the, the kid's gone to foster homes, he's gone to institutions. Yeah. In a lot of cases, he's been, he's been, in, he's been beaten up, he's been t treated terribly by the staff, he's Once been again, raped by the, uh, the, the fellow students. Government uh, you know, ruining inmates or whatever government ruining people's lives and uh, that's certainly uh, been a theme so far tonight but the you know the the point about bill gates buddy he doesn't even make computers just so you know he makes software 
And in fact, he doesn't even uh, own the company anymore. And you know, uh, the, the, it's it's the government regulations that essentially make it so that Americans can't compete um, when it comes to toaster ovens. You can't buy an American toaster. He's right. The reason is, well, we've got all these minimum wage laws that that prevent and and immigration laws that prevent people from coming to this great country mm-hmm. and working for low wages like our our ancestors did and working their way up and pursuing the American dream. You nailed we just that prevent one. them from. We prevent it from happening. We're not stopping the the bad things from happening. There's people working for low wages in China. We're not preventing that. We're just preventing it from happening on the line in the sand that we drew and called a country. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We have the third hour on the way. Still time for your calls about whatever happens to be on your mind. If we get a chance, we'll tell you about an armed standoff over property taxes. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the live Saturday edition, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. We go right into your phone calls and start things with Tony in Arizona. Tony, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Yes. Um, I was listening to your program about uh, yes. an hour ago, mm-hmm. and it, Everything okay there, Tony? Yeah, I thought, thought uh, you hung up on me. <laughs> nope, you're still there. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, the, the one uh, thing that you mentioned about the lottery being a monopoly. Uh, yes. A while back. Yeah. Everybody that buys a ticket uh, has already paid the tax on that uh, money they buy the ticket with. Correct. And uh, they say they're giving you a million or ten million or a hundred million dollars, yet that uh, is a monopoly for the group of people who run it, they, and then they don't even give you the million dollars or the hundred million. They give you a portion of it. Right. right. You get about half of it because you have to pay the other half in taxes. Right. Well, it should be tax-exempt because everybody that pays into that thing is making, like, a donation, and you're allowed to make a $3,500 uh, gift to somebody as long as you pay the tax on it. Yeah. And that person is allowed to receive it free. Well, it should be, but they're the government and they get to set the rules because they've got guys with guns that will enforce them. Well, the, uh, the point I'm bringing up is uh, I've researched the uh, uh, dictionaries of the 1800s, and in it it uh, brought in two words that uh, people think apply to blacks. And the word is niggardly and niggard, N-I-G-G-A-R-D. Right, and they don't. The, the niggardly element is one who is covetous, overbearing, brutal, miserly, stingy, parsimonious. And the word niggard, N-I-G-G-A-R-D, is defined as one who is polluted, corrupted, vulgar, and offensive. Right, and aren't they from the Dutch, actually, you know, and have nothing to do with uh, somebody being black? Well, it, it, what, it, what it is, a lot of black can become niggards, as well as... Most of the ones that I know are white, and uh, they started with Abraham Lincoln, probably, uh, Woodrow Wilson, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, 
Uh, well, I've never heard niggardly using the, the noun of niggard, but I suppose that one could. It's sort of uh, defining a term, you know, uh, coining a term, but I've never heard it used as the noun. Well, it, it, when when uh, the, the military went into Iraq without a declaration of war, mm-hmm. without weapons of mass destruction, and without United Nations approval, they went in as niggards. Very good. Thank you for the vocab lesson tonight. Certainly appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Continuing. It's from Middle English. It just means stingy. Hmm. Uh, we continue. Uh, let's talk to... Scandinavian or- origin. Lee in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Lee. Hello, hey. Hey, what's on your you mind tonight? me out working my part-time job with Free Firewood when uh, you were on the business thing. I got a story from 1976-77. That's how long ago it was that... Uh, couple of mechanics with an independent repair shop, myself and a partner, wanted to buy a dealership franchise. Mm-hmm. Oh, good golly gee whiz. We can't have that. What kind of dealership? Uh, it was an imported car. Okay. First, all of a sudden they had a zoning thing that was never in town. We have our repair shop there, but now it's not zoned for a dealership. <laughs> Then we're, we have to have a floor line. Quickly, that is a credit line, usually with a bank, because the dealers don't own their new cars. So it's usually their used inventory. Mm-hmm. And then we need working capital for our used inventory, so on. We got around that. Um, then they decided they were going to have a zoning law for the whole town about businesses. Well, Two of the car dealers were on city council. One was on the county <laughs> commissioners. There you go. You're done okay, for. Okay, well, it just begins at that point. Oh, my uh, gosh. The, the city put up their hands in the air because they couldn't decide if the three guys that were all, one of them was also a city commissioner, uh, should have to have a business license selling insurance out of his house. So then they, re, uh, they couldn't get a rezoning done. Meanwhile, we're just plugging away. We're going to the banks. The banks are informing us that we didn't understand how the car dealership worked. Mechanics became independent garage owner service managers and then became independent garages. And salesmen become sales managers and then become car dealers. And that's just how so it's done. We were too stupid to be car dealers. That's we're what the bank was telling you? Two. Wow. We, we found out a year after we got the dealership that there was a dealer's association, and they just went to all the banks and everybody in town said, hey, if anybody needs another dealership in town, you know, we can handle it. Well, the interesting part was, and it took two years, and after a year in business, we were matching them car for car. For every eight lines of, uh, of imports, each for every one that the other seven guys sold, we were selling one. Boy, did that really make them excited. But then... We had the building problem. So when they condemned our building, we still didn't have a place to put the building, right, the, the dealership. Mm. That met the zoning requirements of downtown commercial. Yeah, your building must have been terrible if people were willing to go in it. Um, you know, Half the people oh, who bought yeah, cars was, in town were uh, willing to go in there. The street was uh, three uh, $45 a month apartments. So you're so saying that, but hold on, let me see party. if I'm up to speed here, Lee. You're saying that you had a, a nightmare of a time even trying to get the business off the ground, and then oh, once yeah. you got we, it off the ground, then they they continued to throw problems your way. Right. So uh, luckily, uh, one of the car dealers built a new building, and we thought he owned the building he was in because he owned about half the town. 
Come to find out a little research at the title department, it was in a uh, trust department of a Portland bank. So, boy, seeing how he's gone, they're more than happy to lease it to us. Building had been in existence since 1924 as a car dealership. So once we leased that, they couldn't do anything about it. Hmm. Um, you know, because... How much money... Right. Lee, how much money do you think you would have saved had you never had to jump through those hoops? If you just had been All able the working to just... capital I borrowed plus a little more, and I had an attorney that had been my neighbor as a kid when I was growing up, and he... Uh, he pretty much just counseled us on this stuff pro bono and did a fair amount of stuff on the backside. So ballpark me. I mean, you said how this guy. the working capital ballpark me. How much money are we talking about? Uh, forty-two. Forty-two grand. grand. Okay, forty-two grand. That's nineteen seventy-seven dollars. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> in the seventies. Oh my gosh, yeah, that could have been. Uh, that would be a lot more today. Like it? a quarter mil. Yeah. yeah everybody least. said, "How did you get through this?" And just it's just pure tenacity and the credit line. Uh, none of the banks would touch that. Now, are the uh, old boys still on the cars, uh, but, are the old boys still on the city council? Or are they still uh, involved? I moved from that town eight years ago. Oh, good for back you! Back to the state I love. So, <laughs> let Oregon have Oregon's rules. But yep. The last point of there was um, uh, without flooring, you can't get new cars without just writing a check for them, and so you're pretty much shot down. We found a, uh, through the uh, manufacturer a company that did. Um, credit lines for appliance guys and uh, motorcycles. Mm -hmm. So they took cars, no problem. Boy, then they really freaked. Uh, yeah, it was a, a real interesting, when you're 22, 23, 24 years old, real interesting experience on how bad a small town can go out of their way to protect their little tiny, their little, tiny empires, you know. Yep. They're all and little it's not empire just small, right. And it doesn't just happen in small towns. It happens in medium-sized cities oh, and yeah, big, gets, big cities, too. Yeah. The numbers just get worse as you get bigger. You're That's right. how bad it can be in a town of 10,000. You can imagine, and you start getting to 100,000, how bad it could be. Good call, Lee. Thank you for making it tonight. appreciate the uh, the inside scoop as a, a real-life example of somebody who actually wanted to be an entrepreneur, start his own business. He already had his uh, one business, but wanted to expand and, and do something different. And it became a nightmare. It became a, what would have just normally been, okay, you buy the dealership, buy some cars, put them on a lot. Now you have to jump through hoop after hoop after hoop and cross your fingers and hope you get approved for this zoning variance and the board, you know the uh, the the city people are going to be okay with it and you know there you go with the the competitors being on the city council. I mean that's how this stuff works. It's the good old boys network. And if you're not one of them, it can be next to impossible to get your business off the ground. They try to make it as hard as possible. Right. Wouldn't you want to make it as hard as possible for your competition to come into business? Well, I would never sit in a position like that but because I'm not a sicko. That's how people in power think. That's how most humans think, and More that's why power is wrong. This is Free Talk Live. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy them, including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. I want to tell you about SACL-CAI. 
If you have any uh, collections issues for your business, you um, Sakel they purchase charge off receivables. They do early out billing. They do collections. They'll take all of um, take over all your accounts receivable for you, and uh, still give you a really great deal. They treat their customer. They treat your customers, their clients, well. They are not mean to them or anything like that because they understand that you have to use, you know you, you have to you have a reputation to defend and you have to have those customers in the future. You just want your money, and Sakel helps with that. That's Sakel C A I. They got a banner at FreeTalkLive.com. Uh, go out there and check it out if you would, please. 800-259-9231. We continue with your phone calls and go to Jeff in Florida listening on WFTL. Hello, Jeff. Jeff in Hi, Florida. guys. How are you? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I'm just on my way back up to Treasure Coast of Florida from Fort Lauderdale, and I caught you guys on WFTL, and I said, that is really interesting. And uh, I wanted to deal with a couple of aspects, but... Uh, I'm uh, I'm 55 years old and I've raised eight kids over the last 30 years. Wow, That's a uh, lot of kids. From from uh, basically on one income as a carpenter without credit cards and borrowing money from banks because from what I see in scripture the borrower is a servant to the lender and the problem we have in this country with you know with indentured servitude is the fact that uh, is, is that four letter word called debt. Mm, it is a big uh, problem being down in America. Here in Florida for the last couple of years. Uh, if I if I do down here what I've been doing for the last 30 years, which is carpentry and uh, and millwork, I would be considered a felon because in order to work on houses doing carpentry, uh, you have to have a license. Mm. And it's a felony. Personally, I've got this sovereignty issue because God is my master. Yep. He commands me to work to provide for my family. I won't ask government's permission to do something my my heavenly Father commands me to. Good for right? you. So, after researching the Florida statutes, I find that boats are exempt from having to have a license. So I've become a boat carpenter over the last couple of years. Well, it's and it's, uh, it's it's a shame you had to even um, change, but it's it's also it's nice that you were able to find uh, you know an area that worked. And you know you're absolutely right. The yeah, American well, the thing public that, uh, concerns me is uh, is is uh, the remedy that sooner or later I'm going to have to tackle because we've been we've been persecuted you know a, a, as a family for what we believe and and uh, the stands we've taken, but uh, the uh, the aspect of Having to have a license or a permit to uh, perform, and when you from what I see is when you're dealing with administrative law as opposed to constitutional law, you're dealing with contract mm-hmm. because any any time you apply for a license or a permit, whether it's a license to work or, or or a permit to build your home, you're dealing with administrative law, and that's not governed by the state constitution or the federal constitution. It's it's governed by the Uniform Commercial Code. And because at face value it is a contract, according to the UCC, any uh, contract you enter into must be willingly entered to by both parties or else it's null and void at face value. And I was going to ask you guys, has anybody else brought this issue up that has had any success addressing that particular aspect of question when coming before, you know, zoning departments and city managers and stuff? It, it's something we've discussed. I don't think anyone specifically brought up uh, the the exact angle on it that you're talking about, but we have right, definitely sort of the talk- consent of the governed. Right. We've definitely talked about the concept that you know this government claims that it has uh, you know it cr- it created its legitimacy through the consent of the governed, and so we've certainly talked about the idea that well, let's just withdraw our consent uh, because the the idea, at least as I understand it, in the world of law, this crazy legal land, is that if you don't 
say anything, then they presume you're consenting to all their silly laws and rules and regs. But as uh, but if you opt out, if you say no, uh, no thanks, not interested in your regulations, uh, then you make it clear that you're not consenting to them. Uh, that sort of puts you on the outside of their little uh, their little game. So I think to to some extent we we have definitely covered that. I don't know how interesting of a topic the uh, the uniform commercial code would be as far as you know a long form topic on the show. Uh, but I love the idea of not asking government's permission to do things. It's something we encourage on a at least a weekly basis on this show, and that is that people should just live their lives as free people and stop asking government permission to do the things they need to do to live. Well, you know, the thing that uh, probably my next big fight I'm going to tackle, and if I can find time, I'm going to do some research. My oldest son is 17 years old, Mm -hmm. and none of my children have Social Security numbers because from what I see in Scripture, I see it to be the number of the beast uh, because the Scripture says number of the beast is 666, and the Social Security Act first appeared in the Statutes at Large, 1939, Chapter 666, and it still appears in federal law today, USC Title 42, Section 666. And there's several other pieces well, of, uh, of evidence that, that brought me to that conclusion. But if the state of Florida refuses to grant my son a driver's license because he doesn't have a Social Security number, I may have a religious discrimination claim that, that, that violates several federal laws that state that no benefit, right, or privilege may be denied to anyone for the refusal to use or disclose a Social Security number. And uh, it's. Uh, I have to I say, have to... I have to say, I have a lot of respect for you uh, for not getting your kid, uh, your, your all of your kids' uh, social security numbers. And now, I don't come from the same uh, viewpoint as you do, as I, I am an atheist, but uh, I, I still have a, a whole lot of respect for what you're talking about. But I must ask, if you are so um, tenacious as to not get your kids' social security numbers, why on earth would you bother even trying to get a driver's license? I mean, isn't that again asking the government for permission to uh, to, to live your life and to transact business? Well, uh, the only license I have ever had is one to drive only because I figured, you know, it's their roads, and it, it, it's not a fight that I choose to fight because I've spent some time behind bars because I tried to argue that point about 12 years ago mm. concerning the right to travel. And, uh, and, and, and that's where they really get you the most, and, uh, but I have skirted around that aspect. But, gosh, I haven't, had that, I haven't used that number since 1982, and I filed my rescission papers with the Social Security Administration back in 94. And uh, people kind of look at me sideways and say, don't you have to have an SSN to work? And I said, no, you look, uh, you know, I downloaded and printed out a copy of uh, the I-9, uh, you know, the Immigration Naturalization Form. And there are two things you have to have in order to be able to work in the United States. One is a birth certificate proving that you were born in the United States, and another one is a photo ID. Now, because of the Real ID Act, my Arizona license doesn't expire until 2018. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, when the real ID and the national ID card comes out, if I can't go to my customer's bank and cash that check with my perfectly valid driver's license, it's Katie, bar the door. I'm out of here with my wife and kids, and and uh, I'm just going to be completely off-grid rather than trying trying to stay within the system and trying to make a living to take care of my family. Jeff, quick question for you. Uh, are you the kind of religious guy that wants to control the belief systems of others or control how others perhaps use their bodies as many uh, who claim to be religious do? No, not at all. So you're kind of a live and let live religious guy. I don't consider, uh, you know, you can't legislate morality. Good. As a Christian, my only responsibility is to share the truth of God's Word, and what people do with it it's the ball's in their court. Good, They're good for you. Well, I ask hands. you that question just as a quick litmus test, because we've got something that I think you might be interested in going on up here in New Hampshire. It's called the Free State Project. 
And what we're doing is we're gathering activists from all around the country that believe in liberty. Some of them are devout Christians uh, like yourself, or believers, I, I'm presuming you're a Christian. Uh, some of them are, are, are atheists, some of them are, you know, New Agers. And we're all coming here with one uniting belief, and that is that we want liberty in our lifetime. I'd like to invite you to go to freestateproject.org and learn more about it, and thank you for the call tonight. We certainly appreciate it. Someone with that level of courage, we want them here. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. It is the live Saturday edition, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system. Get interactive with over 340,000 posts. Lots to talk about. Serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs. .freetalklive.com and the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's June 9th through the 15th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to expand your network of liberty-loving activists, businesses, and organizations as well as tour New Hampshire on special Free State Project bus tours or on your own. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. And make sure you get your campsite reserved by April 12th, because after April 12th, the Free State Project, they have this sort of uh, pool of campsites that they've locked in until April 12th that you can reserve for yourself. After that, after that date, the 12th, the lock-in goes away, and then it's, you know, a crapshoot as to whether or not you're going to be able to get a site anywhere near the Free State Project uh, campground area or even on the campground, because we understand it's going to be uh, the, the campground's going to be in high demand that particular week in June. So you might want to get a move on on this, porkfest.com. And it's a great opportunity to really get, uh, get up here to New Hampshire and experience what we've been talking about for years on this show. Experience what it's like to be around hundreds of other people who think the same way that you do. And when I say that, I mean they think about liberty and freedom. You don't have to convince them on those issues. You don't have to win them over to the side of liberty, because they're already there. Now, they're going to differ on on, uh, other things. As I was talking, uh, we were talking with the last gentleman on the phone, uh, Jeff in Florida, a moment ago. He was a a devout religious guy. You could tell by the way he was uh, talking to us on the air. And there are some very devout religious people in the Free State Project. And at the same time, there are uh, polygamists in the Free State Project. No, no, it's not not polygamists. Polyamorists? People that that like to have sex with more than one person. So the, 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 uh, the, the range of... Of people is quite wide within the Free State Project, but the one uniting factor is we all believe in liberty, and that means that we believe that you should have the freedom to live your life how you want, as long as you don't harm anybody else. So check it out at porkfest.com. It's a great excuse to come up here and uh, experience some of these awesome activists that we have here in New Hampshire. And the uh, the amount continues to grow. By the way, today we had a new mover here to the Keene area where we do the show from, and uh, how cool is it? That you could pack up all your stuff, drive across the country, or in this case, he, this guy came from New York, but uh, drive for hours and hours and arrive somewhere, you're probably just beat tired, because you know how driving can take it out of you. 
You're beat tired. You arrive at your location, and then you have to unload the truck. Well, guess what? The free staters up here are so awesome. They'll come to your house or your apartment or wherever it is you decide you're, you're going to live when you get here, and they will unload your truck. They will help you unload your truck. And all you usually have to do is buy them some pizza or some you know food to eat. Yeah. And so we, I showed up uh, at 4 o'clock this afternoon. I was the first person to show up. Uh, Varen, the former president of the Free State Project, showed up. Uh, Kat Canning from the New Hampshire Free Press and her daughter showed up. And we all had his truck unloaded in less than 30 minutes flat. You know, I... Um, people really don't understand what it's like to be surrounded by, and and most of your conversations uh, occur with libertarians. And uh, you know, now I, I'm not saying that everybody in New Hampshire, or even a majority of people in New Hampshire, are libertarians. But my social group here is libertarian, whereas in when I was in Florida, absolutely not. There just weren't that many of them. I didn't know any. Very few. Let's continue with your phone calls and go to John in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, speaking of the free state, when I when I moved up here uh, a number of years ago, I began to meet folks and make friends with folks who don't pay federal income tax. Yes. And it was really strange because they would sometimes or very often refer to, uh, if I could kind of quote or or a paraphrase, they would say, I haven't paid my income tax since, you know, 1979 or, you know, 2001 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and they would say, I haven't paid my income tax. And after meeting a bunch of these people, I said, this is kind of weird. If if you don't believe in this tax, why do you say my? Yeah. I began to push this, and, 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 and it's going to take a long time because we've all been kind of brainwashed. Yes. We all use this. I still even even use that term myself. Yep, I catch myself. Yep. And now, it's bad. fast forward to several months ago. And by the way, since you just did this uh, thing about the Free State Project, it's interesting that the mayor of the largest city in New Hampshire uh, wanted to meet Free Staters. And he came to Murphy's Tap Room on a Saturday afternoon to meet with the folks that get together there once a month. So he talked about his conservative values and his limited government type of thing. But in the end, he said, I can't get this through because the, I think it's the aldermen that fear the unions. And he talked about their fear of the unions, and the unions kept coming up. And so eventually I asked, is there a taxpayer's union here in Manchester or a larger one here in New Hampshire? And I ended up getting in this conversation with a guy who's so plugged into the system at the state house that he's somewhat, I don't want to mention his name because he's kind of a political guy and he doesn't want conversations outside. You and I would probably throw each other's names around. But this guy's kind of inside the system. Mm-hmm. He likes to have a couple secrets. But he's plugged in enough that he's somewhat of a guru with the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. This is a guy that knows the state house, knows New Hampshire politics. We had a conversation about what would happen if you had a real taxpayers' union. What does that mean, John? What, I don't... what it would mean is you run it like a union. Now, I, I believe that you've said on the air that you've never read Atlas Shrugged. You should really read that. But what it means is run it like a union. Like there's this National Taxpayers' Union, and they're, you know, yeah, they propose things and they rate people just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. They're, they're plugged into the system. 
Has anybody ever gone on strike with this damn union? Are they acting like a union, Ian? <laughs> That's a good question. Right? I if don't you know. you want to be a union... I don't now, know if I'd it, want to label myself a taxpayer as I endeavor to or, not pay or, any taxes. How about a property... T- now, now, bring this not to a, not at a federal level. Yeah. Bring it down to your level, and I've heard you be concerned about this, about you don't want to be out there on the limb by yourself. No. How about this? Here's this dude that's kind of a guru in the movement. And he and I had this conversation. Can you imagine if it was run like a union where people had a solidarity? And say, for example, the yeah. tax bill, your property tax on a local level comes up. And you say, you know what? We're not happy as a union. And what we're going to do is one quarter of us are not sending in our bill, our, you know, Better yet, how about 100% of us are only sending in a quarter of the bill? Well, hold on, because because we're probably not going to be able to get 100%, but we can probably get enough to say we can just forestall that payment. Hmm. And maybe I'm buying into his whole political thing too much, but if you can just send a shockwave into that system and then tell these people... If you punish any of our representatives, just like a union would do, uh-huh. we need to have solidarity. If you punish any of our members, we ratchet up our strike. I like the idea, though I wonder, I mean, I've never been involved in a union, and I don't, I like, either. I don't like being involved in, uh, in groups where there has to be group decision-making. I prefer to sort of I, I agree. leave uh, my I'm... own parade, so to speak. Well, I'd like to see how it... I, I, oh, yeah, it's... I'm interested. I'm intrigued, and I would certainly pay close attention and, and you know, definitely be very interested in watching that happen. Why don't you Dude. get that started, John? Very interested in that. Dude, you have to, you, you have to read Atlas Shrugged and see how it would happen on... on like, I know. I've got 50 scale. books. I have to read. Thank you for I, the recommendation. I, I don't mean to have to. You know, <laughs> this is just something. I, I'm not a guy that reads fiction. Yeah. And, and my brother gave me that book. I appreciate the suggestion, John. Thank you for the call tonight. And I hope someone does that because uh, I would love to have some sort of, as he said, solidarity. I don't know if it's going to be in the form of a union or just a loose association of individuals, but that's definitely what we need. We need people who have the courage to stop paying these thugs. These government people that de- uh, that deign to rule our lives with their regulations and their their just their nonsense that they're trying to control us and they are successfully doing it. But all it really takes for things to change is a few people to make those changes. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy them on us if you like the show. And you want to help support Free Talk Live, then become an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. You can join the program, get access to the amp-only call-in line, chat room, forum, and more. And the money, because there is a little money involved, but just a little, three bucks a month, that's all we're asking for. Now remember, our website's free, so you can enjoy all the features on the site totally free. But if you don't mind, send us three bucks a month, because it makes a difference for us. It, that money comes in, and we use it to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live, to get this show, which has an unprecedented message of liberty for the radio industry. Get this show on more radio stations across the country. We've got 30 stations on board with us. And we'd like to have 300, 600. We want to beat Rush. We can do it with your help. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board, get some of the perks, and uh, help us out. It makes a big difference for us. It's amp.freetalklive.com. 
We continue with your phone calls, and we go to Dale in New Hampshire on the amp line. Hello, Dale. Hey, guys. What's, what's uh, on your mind? Just, I'm curious if you guys saw the latest or the very first full-page comic strip on Anarchy in Your Head. Ooh. Okay. Now, what? What for, for our listeners that don't know, what is Anarchy in Your right. Head? Uh, it's. I think it's, as far as I know, it's the first sort of really anarchy philosophy-based uh, comic strip that I started after I moved to New Hampshire. And you and, are uh, a uh, you are a Free State Project member, as we were discussing earlier. This uh, wonderful movement of activists that have come here to get active for liberty. Were you an activist before you yeah. moved to New Hampshire? A little bit, but not strictly in a libertarian sort of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was involved in politics and some other, you know, uh, usually for like liberty liberty things, but like working through the Republican Party and things like that, which I kind of now regret. <laughs> yeah, well, but, yeah, we've all and, had our sorted pasts uh but but what's interesting oh, is that the free state project i, I actually uh, if you see a cartoon ad for free state project it's probably done by me as well oh very cool going out on pretty soon so. what i wanted to point out about this and your website is what anarchy in your yeah what i wanted to point out about this is that when someone hears the 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 term activist it can evoke images of someone standing on the side of the road waving a sign. Or, Anarchist activist? Or, <laughs> what does or that mean? Doing a sit-in or you know something, uh, something like that. When, in fact, activism runs the gamut. Uh, there are people that are doing political activism. There are people that are doing market-based activism. And you're one of the market-based activists. And uh, in, that, in that realm, there's all kinds of uh, things that can be done. We do a radio show, for instance. It's, it's sort mm-hmm. of part of my activism. Uh, but yours is, uh, is doing comic strips. Uh, there are other people that do television shows here in Keene, and mm-hmm. so you're part of this sort of liberty media. There are others that publish their own newspapers, which you're actually getting your comic strip published in. Uh, so yeah. Th- yeah. there's this whole wide, com- uh, this wide variety of uh, different kinds of activism that we're seeing, especially hey, media-based activism, and, and you're part of that. I think it's pretty exciting. Yeah, Dave is raging on YouTube. He's getting all kinds of subscribers and you're talking That's about Dave Ridley well, from RidleyReport.com, which is a great way, a window into the world of uh, the activism here. Great way to get some kind of little TV short news packages about some of the other activism that's going on here in New Hampshire. And by no means would everyone in, um, who's a member of the Free State Project identify themselves as an anarchist. No, certainly not. Uh, right. Um, however, I would not identify myself as an anarchist. I, I prefer the term free marketeer. Uh, I, th- I think the term anarchist uh, suggests that one does not want rules, and you wouldn't not want rules in your life, Dale. It's just that you don't want to be right. ruled by governments. Yeah, I think you know. It, it's, sometimes I wonder about whether I should have used the term in my in my comic strip and stuff like that. And I think I think it's uh, it's a tough call. On the one hand, you you can explain yourself as like a voluntarist or a free marketeer. Then uh, you have to people have to come to realize that that's a pretty dramatic change from what we have now, which is incredibly authoritarian. Or you can start from the point of view of describing yourself as an anarchist and explain to them that it's not as radical as they think it is. I, I think you know, that for of, you, for you your know. purposes, I think it makes a, a little bit of sense because it's just it's just more catchy. You know, it's anarchy is kind of that yeah. – it's got that dangerous edge to it. And that's one of the reasons why I don't want to associate myself with the term. But, you know, to, to, to differentiate yourself from the realm of uh, Internet-based uh, cartoons out there. I think it's definitely a word that. If, if it's, anarchy in your head certainly seems a little more catchy than voluntarism in your head. It just doesn't have the yeah. <laughs> the, the same ring to it. So uh, so people can go and check out your cartoon to kind of uh, see some yeah. of the some, your take on some of the things that have been happening here in New Hampshire, as well as you. You also cover national issues. 
Yeah, I cover. I, I kind of, you know, leave it open to whatever I think is uh, worth talking about at the time. And uh, sometimes it's not. Uh, it's sometimes I just go off on and just do something funny. But most of the time, it is related to some sort of liberty issue. Well, and, sometimes uh, you manage to find is, uh, you manage to find a humorous element about whatever the liberty issue might be, and it's actually somewhat of a brand new effort on your part. And I think it's being refined, and uh, you're, you're coming out with more of a, a definite release schedule, doing at least one comic per week, so people can start to count mm-hmm. on uh, the fact that you're going to be turning out content. I think that was an important step that you took. Just as an aside, Dale, since we have you on the on the line, and you are one of the uh, the, the the better market based activists here in New Hampshire, we were talking today. Uh, we, a, we had a new mover move into Keene. And uh, we were all sitting around having lunch, and uh, Barron brought up the idea that we should rename civil disobedience because the the term civil disobedience, yeah, while it kind of has a positive connotation, the two terms that it's made up of aren't necessarily positive depending on the situation. And so what we came up with was doing the right thing. And I just wanted to run that by you and see what you thought about it. Well, I think I'd have to hear it in context of like a specific situation. <laughs> To be able to judge it, yeah, I, it I, sounds really kind of vague, and well, you know, I, it, it is doing the right thing. I mean, that's that's that much I'd immediately agree with. I'm just not sure if it pays. I'm yeah, open to other kind of vague out of context. I'm open to other ideas. I think it's a discussion that should be had amongst the activists to uh, to see what people think about it because I agree that the term civil disobedience can have negative connotation to it. And if what we say is that we're doing the right thing, then we're automatically putting a positive spin on it. And I I just I think it has some some perks. I mean, we didn't brainstorm on it too heavily for too long. It was just an idea. I just figured I'd throw it by you since I had you on the phone. Thanks for the call tonight, dude. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's talk to Paula in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Paula. Yeah, hi, hon. I got some good information for everybody about this North American Union. The president cannot do it. And in, in, uh, there is legal stuff on this in the Supreme Court that I got. I don't know and, about that. He is the decider, Paula. Let me tell you, hon. Let me tell you. It says mm-hmm. the sovereignty of a state does not reside in the persons who fill the different departments of its government, but in the people from whom the government emanated. And they may change it at their discretion. Sovereignty yeah, in this where country. are you reading that from? Where is that coming this from? This is from the Supreme Court cases. Yeah, but you know he doesn't busy himself with those things. Well, I sent it to him. Oh, you and know I what? That'll him change he it. He didn't have the power to do this. <laughs> but anyway, it says right here he cannot do this. Did he get back to you? Huh? Did he call you back? Well, since I sent, since I sent it to him, he has not spoke out. He hasn't come on TV. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, I mean, he's just over and over here. He's uh, in hiding. The government yeah, cannot he's do learned this. his lesson. <laughs> we are the sovereignty of the country. It's the people, not the government. Well, isn't that a nice idea? I do like it's that idea. idea. This is law. Hmm. This is actual law. What happens when I withdraw myself, Paul? Can I be uh, my own sovereign and not be a you part are of the... Still your, yeah, you, each state is their own sovereign, too. We are separate from Washington, D.C., I wish we were more separate from Washington, D.C. than we, we are. We are, are separate from them. States are separate from it. But the thing is, they have to do what we want. They cannot do it. I love the idea, Paula. Thank you for the call tonight. I don't know if uh, reality, I think reality kind of says otherwise. seems to me that they do what well, they, they want to do. She's right. But they have perverted what um, you know the system is. She's right in theory. Yeah, she is. I, I love America, and I love what it stands for. I love its heritage and its, its, its history. However, I think that the politicians, the government that's gotten in control here um, in America, they have, they have warped it into something that it is absolutely not. 
and uh, you know absolutely shouldn't be and and there's no coming back um once the, the you know the, the democratic voter out there realizes that they can vote themselves benefits mm. by putting in the right person it's over for a system because yeah. you know d- democracy stinks it's a terrible system is it better than a uh, monarchy mm, you know sure in some ways in some ways it's probably not um i i would say all in all uh, it's better but you know democracy isn't good if 99% of the people in my town vote to uh, or state or country vote to kill me and take my money and give it to the poor does that make it right if you believe in might makes right then if you believe that democracy is right then yeah. you do you believe that 99% 51% of the people that go to the polls not even the people the people that go to the polls and yeah. vote that they can say what is what you know what is true what is right what is just ludicrous so many people so many um so many in the past majorities of people have been just absolutely wrong let's go quickly to mark in indianapolis listening on wxnt you got 20 seconds mark go good evening guys um yeah you were talking about the uh, zoning regulations and whatnot earlier every couple of years i gotta go around and round with them as i repair air conditioners and ventilation equipment out of my garage Mm. And I store stuff, and they don't like that. But anyway, I uh, have devised a way to measure the abuse. Call us and tell us about it Monday. We'll see you then online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Have a great weekend. The cynic says, I started losing my hair, and there was nothing I could do. I wore a baseball cap because I was self-conscious. The believer says, I started using Avacor two months ago, and already I'm regrowing my own hair. My bald spot is going. No caps for me. Are you a cynic? Avacor's formula is FDA-approved to regrow your own hair in as little as two months. Avacor's topical formula contains the only ingredient approved by the FDA to regrow hair without risk of sexual side effect. Call right now and ask about getting a free month supply of Avacor and receive Boost just for trying Avacor. Boost can make your hair visibly thicker with its first application. Call 1-800-451-8920. That's 1-800-451-8920. This is a limited-time offer, so call now. Call 1-800-451-8920. 1-800-451-8920. Or log on to avacorradio.com.